Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we are delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. We know what a privilege and an right. honor it is to be there. So send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at EWTN.com. Well, today our guest is Kim, Kim Cameron Smith. She is a Catholic author and a podcaster who has written an outstanding book on how to keep your team involved in the faith, right. rooting your teen in the faith, a field guide for Catholic parents. And this beautiful book is available at EWTNRC.com. Mm. And it is, there's teens during that struggling time. It's, it's kind of like parents have lost their way too. Um, and mm. it's like, no, you, they need you all the more now, not to be a friend, to be, your mom, your dad, full of faith, full of hope, full of prayer, and to guide them in those waters where maybe they're troubled waters yeah. because of the time in the day in which we live. And I can say that I'm grateful that we are on the other end of that yeah. and we pray intensely for our grandchildren as we watch our children disciple yeah. and mentor and raise our grandchildren in the faith. Amen. But it's because it's a different day, 2023, raising teenagers. It is indeed. Well, Kim shares that um, intentional Catholic parenting, and that's a big phrase with our discipleship pairing, parenting, intentional parenting, evangelizing in the beauty of the gospel, your children. While Catholic teens drifting away from the faith is increasingly common, it's not inevitable. Mm. We need to hear that. It's not inevitable. Parents are uniquely qualified to lead their teens to mature faith and a deeper relationship with Christ. That's good news. So it's not inevitable. We hear, oh, everybody's falling away in the teenage years and going off to college. And there's a lot of that is true, but it's not inevitable. And she's a real woman of hope. So we have the Congress coming up, Eucharistic Congress 2024, Indianapolis, Indiana. Visit EW10.com forward slash Eucharist for more information registering through our link, we'll give you a discount. So be sure to check it out. Now, former bishop said, if our children would understand what the sacrament of the Eucharist is, they would never fall away. Mm. That's a big part of her book, The Grace and the Sacraments. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Some great information gonna be coming forth. Have hope, especially about your teenagers. Don't go away. Welcome back, we're at home with Jim and Joy, and today our guest is Kim Cameron Smith. She's a Catholic author and a podcaster, and she's written an outstanding book on how to keep your teen involved in the faith. Rooting your teen in the faith. Is it possible? Yes, it is. A field guide for Catholic parents, and this beautiful book is available at EWTNRC. Com. Well, Kim, we are so delighted to have you today. 
And first we want you to tell our family a little bit about yourself and then tell our family why you wrote this book. Thank you, Joy. Yes, so I'm Kim, Kim Cameron Smith. I live in California with my husband, Philip. We've been married for 26 years and I have four children. Two are still teenagers and two are adults. So I've been through the, <laughs> the teen drama. <laughs> and um, I wear many different hats in my life. I am a homeschool mom. I've been homeschooling for 20 years. I'm an attorney, so for a long time I served as a staff attorney for a large homeschooling organization, and I work part-time as a trust and estates attorney, serving a lot of Catholics. Mm -hmm. I'm a catechist, a confirmation teacher, and I um, am a family coach at Catholic Home, which is a, a ministry of the Peyton Institute. So this book, this book was a surprise. I was thinking I, was I wrote one parenting book, a general parenting book for Catholic parents, and I was actually working on a rosary devotional. And the thing is, the parents of teenagers are so um, distraught often, and they feel confident with their younger children, but not as confident with their teenagers. And so I, I just felt this, um, compassion for them and then my editor at Our Sunday Visitor who published my first book approached me with the idea of writing a book just for parents of teenagers and the Holy Spirit moved powerfully. Yeah. It was really an easy book to write and I want the book to be encouragement for Catholic parents of teens that their job is not over and you are the answer to what your teenagers need to make it over the bridge from childhood to adulthood with their faith intact, their faith empowered. Yeah, well, and I, but what you said about yourself was so beautiful. Uh, you're a busy mom, right? You're homeschooling, so you were teaching your kids the academics. But then you also were witnessing to them in your church life and things that you did being a catechist, um, to say, I have something to share. My faith is alive. And so you were being a witness, not just of your academics and homeschooling and in the faith journey, but t taking it outside the home. Oh, and so yes. they saw that and they were like, okay, so like she believes what she's saying, mm. which is a beautiful witness, which is a, one way that we disciple them because they catch that you're very alive faith witness, right? Yes, that's a beautiful way of putting it, and I couldn't agree more. So it is very clear when sociologists look at how um, the sex successful transmission of faith occurs, it's often because the parents have a lively, passionate, joyful relationship with God, and they're very committed to the faith. So if your kids see you finding answers to struggles in the faith, if they see you living your faith vibrantly, and if they see that you find joy in your faith, you're, you're much more likely to have an impact on their faith in adulthood. Whereas if one just goes to church on Sunday, your home looks like any other home on the block, kids seem to absorb the message that it's really not that important to you, so it must not be that important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you, you have to have an informed faith, mm. a, a living faith, enthusiastic faith, but you're really big in your book of really understanding the faith. So that's our responsibility. It's our responsibility to transmit that. It's not a responsibility, their choice, their heart, their will, mm -hmm. right? Because 
as we were saying back in the green room, you could do everything kind of right in terms of modeling and being enthusiastic and being informed. But there really is that mystery there of a child's decision. So what is it with those teenage years? You call it a faith drift yes. in the teenage years. And everybody's, oh yeah, well that's it. And it's almost inevitable that's going to happen. It's just the way it is at that time. And you know, there's no recourse that we really have. But your book addresses all of this to say we can't have that mentality. We're just not going to let our children drift away. They'll almost have to choose to move in another way because we're going to so model this and live this and share it beautifully and in an informed way that they're going to know what they believe in and how they can walk that out. Share with us about why is there such a drift in these years? I think that the root of the drift, it's, it's multifaceted, but certainly one surprising thing is that we've lost Catholic culture. So Catholics, particularly in this country, in the early, maybe a few generations back, the faith animated the life of Catholics from the time they were born until mm -hmm. the time they died. Mm -hmm. So even if they weren't passionate disciples, it was the culture, you know, they lived, they tended to live in neighborhoods with other Catholics. Their lives revolved around the parish. There was Catholic sports teams, insurance agencies. So it just was in their blood. Mm -hmm. And so that seemed to carry a lot of Catholics forward into adulthood and along, so we've lost that. Mm -hmm. So we now, you know, Catholics just, if you look in most Catholic homes, they don't look any different from anyone else's homes. It's very, very detached from, from the from the faith and from parish life. I think Catholics are less well catechized nowadays. The parents really don't know. They they turn it over to experts at mm -hmm. the parish who maybe see those kids for an hour a week. Mm -hmm. And the other huge thing, the radical secularization of culture. It is dangerous. You know yeah. the the. And, and particularly the, the, the fads and the, and the ideas that are pushed in our kids' faces if we are not aware of what they're exposed to. At the same time, this marginal, marginalization of people of faith, ideas about God in, in every faith tradition marginalize in society. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. no voice. Right. So this is the world our kids mm -hmm. are growing up in. Yeah. So if we are not intentional, if we are not alive and aware, alive in our faith and aware of those dangers, our kids just literally right. drift right. with the culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And we, right now we are in a post-Christian era, mm. but worse than that, we're in a post-truth era. Yes. I mean, it is like truth doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. And parents, I mean, it's almost like um, sometimes, and I found as, as a parent, and when you think they're you know, infants and two-year-olds and three-year-olds and earaches and you're not sleeping and blah, blah, blah. Well, it's more exhausting emotionally, spiritually and physically to have teenagers than it is to have children under five because it's so much energy, you know? And then they want to come in at 11 o'clock at night and talk to you in bed. Right. And you're like, oh, I'm so old and I'm tired right now and I want to, but that's <laughs> the time they want to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And so you have to rise up. And I love the word you use in the book about intentional discipleship. You have to, you can't be passive mm -hmm. because the world is coming at them well, like with loaded cannons to destroy them and take them out. And so why are parents afraid? 
I think they're afraid partly because of what I said before that they feel ill-prepared. Ill mm -hmm. they, they, when they hear someone suggest that they are the most powerful influence on their kids' faith lives and they're part of the Great Commission to go and make disciples mm -hmm. and their mission field is their home, mm -hmm. that's intimidating to them because they feel ill-prepared and they feel overwhelmed by the odds being stacked against them. But the good news is your kids are wired for it. Right. They are wired mm -hmm. to want to follow you. If You don't have to know everything. You do not need to go get a degree in theology mm -hmm. to be the you know, religious director in your right. home. Right. You can learn alongside your children. One advantage I think I had as a young mom was I was a revert to the faith and I was on fire. Mm -hmm. I loved learning about different teachings, different traditions. I loved learning how to root our family calendar in the in the mm -hmm. liturgical calendar. Mm -hmm. And I think because I was excited, my kids were, were excited. And so, you know, that that's what I would say to the parents is you don't need to know everything. It doesn't matter what you know, but who you are mm -hmm. to your teen. Mm -hmm. As long as you are the person your teen feels, you know, they can turn to when they have questions, when they have doubts, when they have you know, you know, when they're engaged in the cultural war, mm -hmm. you know, you just need to know that your kid, your children will make it through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, you emphasize that parental bond and that that's something we need to own mm -hmm. and understand that nobody has that place that you have. Mm -hmm. And that happens with parents that are wonderful and not so wonderful, they still have bond there. And we're so in relationship. We also spoke about grandparents before and how grandparents have a very special place. They don't usurp the place of the parent, but there's a lot of ins, a lot of inroads, a lot of doors that we can walk through if we're living our faith with vitality and if we understand our faith. So share with us some of the key elements in terms of what we need to be transmitting to these young people, to the teenagers in particular. What's some of the key content? Uh, and and. Your love for the church is something that you emphasize, mm -hmm. love for the church. And for some parents, it's, it's, well, as long as they know God, it's about Jesus, but it's not about the church. It's just right. like the church mm -hmm. is kind of disconnected. So, so many of these kids now are, and as they start, kind of, they're spiritual. Or yeah, I'm not really opposed to Jesus, but you know, there's so much more than that, and so many other religions and so on. We've got to transmit a love for the church. Mm. Share about that. Yes, I think sometimes when parents think, they, they may think that they need to let their teenagers decide for themselves whether they attend mass, whether they're going to be Catholic or what have you. My question is, is Catholicism true? Is mm -hmm. it the true church? Mm -hmm. And the answer for me is yes. So why would I allow my children or my teenagers to participate in a counterfeit mm -hmm. or, in, or to not attend mass at all would mean I'm harming them. Mm -hmm. And so being the leader of your teenager, this, that's the key is to know that you're still responsible for your teenagers. And many people feel that they should step back and kind of let their teenagers take the reins of their spiritual lives. And mm -hmm. this whole, you know, I'm spiritual, but not religious. That's a, that's that's a cop out, mm -hmm. you know. And so when you when you are privileged enough to know Christ, to 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 be um, uh, 
connected to God in such a way that you know that he's the answer to any problem that you could have, why wouldn't you want your teenager to have that? Mm -hmm. So I, I feel that um, th when teenagers sometimes doubt the church, they're going through a natural process that's actually part of their spiritual development mm -hmm. and kids will get scared, mm -hmm. and parents will get scared and kind of back off, but mm -hmm. that is the time to act. It's exciting that yeah. they're now engaging right. cognitively with questions that they have. Mm -hmm. And so get in front of that. Mm -hmm. Know that your kids are being exposed to things in the culture that are frightening, mm -hmm. but um, we can give our kids moral formation and discernment tools to help them navigate that. Right, and even, mm -hmm. even when, and we found with our children as young adults, um, past the teenage years, you know, and we all go through that time of conversion. Mm. I mean, we choose every day by an act of our will to surrender to Jesus Christ every single day that we would be converted every day because mm -hmm. the flesh can rise up in an instant, yeah. you know? And we would say to the children, and it was never an option that you were in our house and you didn't feel like going to church. Mm -hmm. I mean, that just wasn't like, it was like they weren't going to breathe that day. I mean, you, we we go to church, and um, and then when even they were navigating, we would say, just stay in the walls of the church. I get it. You have questions, you know. Just stay in the walls of the church. You have to own this for yourself, and then for your marriage and for your family, as you go forward. But stay in the walls of the church as opposed to, oh, that's okay. And parents, we become passive mm -hmm. at a very critical moment in time in their spiritual journey. And then they are adrift and we wonder, how did they get there? Right. Right? Mm -hmm. So we have to, we have to be intentional with it. I agree. And I think that, you know, it's understandable. I think that um, if you, if you ha lack any sort of confidence um, and your ability to give your kids what you have. There are so many resources available and know that it, it is important and that you do have what it takes. And, you know, um, at, at, when my kids were all around 10 or 11, I told them at some point in the next few years, you might doubt the existence of God mm -hmm. and you might doubt or wonder about the Catholic Church's teachings. Well, that will be an exciting day because mm -hmm. that means you're growing up mm -hmm. and I will be here to help you mm. through it. So I made sure my kids knew I wouldn't be angry with them right. for that. And sometimes you don't really know what's going on beneath the the aches, like mm -hmm. the aches about the church. Like, I don't like it that the church doesn't support this or my friend is this way in the church. I feel like I should love her. Know that sometimes kids have the right ideas, mm -hmm. like what's underneath or the right intentions. Right. So the intention is right under the idea. Hold them there. Mm -hmm. Hold them and recognize their good intention, mm -hmm. but help guide them to understand why the church teaches yes. what it teaches. And mm -hmm. it's not because it wants to ruin our lives. Mm -hmm. It wants mm -hmm. us to be free. Yeah. And you want to avail to them more and more the beauty of the church and everything that is in the church that is good and true and beautiful, you know, but they have to see you loving and longing and wanting it and seeing your life being transformed mm. too, mm -hmm. right? And then it's like, we want that. I, I am gonna, you know, I, I might not 
believe what I'm seeing in front of me right now, but I'm going to stay right here. Well, you know, because to. it's when we do, like you said, you, yeah. you take a detour, you know, it's like now we don't even know where our children are. Thank mm -hmm. God we have tomorrow to share with you yeah. further on rooting your teen in the faith, a field guide to Catholic parents. So we're going to take a break at this point, and you can go to EW10RC.com. You can go to Kim's website, KimCameronSmith.com. And so we pray that you're being filled with hope and that your teenagers drifting away as teens and, and in college is not inevitable. That the power of God is present in our God and in the Catholic Church in a unique way. If we could but present this mm. in a beautiful way, in a true way. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. We are at home with Jim and Joy, and we have Father John Paul with us, and I'm so delighted to have you, Father. Well, what did you think about some of the things that Kim was sharing about rooting your teens in the faith? Well, I think it's apropos because uh, this week we have uh, hundreds of thousands of teens uh, gathering in World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal. And thinking about my own experience as she was talking growing up, Going to church wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. We went to church. Um, and I thank God that I had parents that really instilled that in me, even though I kind of pushed back, even though I didn't understand why I was going. I had parents and also grandparents who just instilled that in me, just a, a love for the faith. And I didn't really even understand why I was Catholic, but there was something in me that knew, I knew that I was proud to be Catholic, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. I didn't know why, mm -hmm. but like I was proud. Mm -hmm. I'm Catholic. I was yeah. proud. I was yeah. like just taught my grandparent, mm -hmm. my grandfather yeah. really instilled that in us, that identity uh, to be Catholic. I didn't understand later in life why, you know, I was Catholic. Mm. Um, and just in, with World Youth Day, with that motif, when, when, you, when I went to World Youth Day for the first time, I was 25 as a seminarian, you learn a lot about the experience of the church as a universal church in yeah. comparison with yeah. the church as just, you know, you're just a member of mm -hmm. St. John the Baptist mm -hmm. Church and mm -hmm. New Freedom. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, it becomes a lot different. The church becomes a lot bigger than just your own experience, mm -hmm. your own narrow experience of the church when you see the universality of the yeah. church, how incredible the church is. Yeah, that's really yeah. winsome the Catholicity of the church, the mm -hmm. scope of the church, how many people it has touched. And you know, it's, it's good that we don't have to do it alone and you get that sense that you're surrounded not only by a great cloud of witnesses up there, but that there's so many people that are believing like me. And I got, I, I, I got a chance to see that, gosh, my parents and my grandparents passed this along to me, but they didn't make it up. Mm -hmm. they, it was passed on to them and to the, and, and through generations, and that you see how real it is, how tangible, you know, it was just incredible to, to experience. So mm -hmm. I think uh, just we should pray for our young people there mm -hmm. that 
are at World Youth Day that they encounter yeah. Jesus Christ. Lead us in a prayer for World Youth Day and just sure. for teenagers <clears throat> and young college people in general and, and a blessing. Sure, a family at home, we pray in a special way uh, for you, those of you who are parents, those of you who are grandparents. May the blessing of Almighty God be upon you. May He give you His peace, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go Thank in you. peace. Thank, Thank you so Papa. much. Father, pray that you would encourage today, especially the parents and even grandparents, that nobody has that bond with these children, with your children, grandchildren, like you have. There's a certain authority that's been there, that is there, a certain entree that you have. So may we be more deeply converted. May we be filled with zeal and with joy over the goodness and beauty and truth in Jesus Christ and in the church in particular, why we believe as Catholics in the church, our mother. Be encouraged. God bless you. God bless all of your loved ones. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now.